Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the 2020 Mindset Leadership Conference. I'm your host, Riley Jensen. And today, I'm excited to introduce to you, to, uh, to, to all of you that are participating in this conference, the offensive coordinator, uh, a person who I consider to be a friend of mine. I've known him for a number of years now, just a, a really, really good mind for the game and mostly just a really kind person. And I'd like to introduce you to Craig Stutzman of Washington State University. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, anytime. Thanks for having me, Riley. It's, uh, I'm excited to get on and talk about mindset and, and leadership and, and all the good stuff that comes with playing sports. Yeah. So I met you in Dallas at an all-poly camp. It was the first time I met you. And I was constantly picking your brain and, and, and you were a coach. I can't even remember where you were a coach at the time. Um, but you were... with Weber State of all places. Oh, yeah, that's right. You were at Weber at that point. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And we were... We, we talked about different things, and then I've seen you out on the recruiting trail. Obviously, um, you've joined up with head coach Nick Rolovich, and, and you're now you, – you've been at Hawaii and then at Washington State now. Tell, tell some of our viewers, tell some of the people that are watching this a little bit about your story, where you played high school, where you played college, what got you into coaching and why, and kind of give us a little bit of background. Right. So I'm born and raised from Hawaii. Um, you know, went to St. Louis High School, uh, played there. From there, played at the University of Hawaii, where I got a chance to play with a few of our coaches, right? Head coach Nick Rolovich, um, our running backs coach, offensive coordinator, Brian Smith. And so we got a chance to develop a strong friendship and relationship back then. Um, from there, uh, played a year in the CFL. You know, things didn't really work out the way I thought it was going to work out. Obviously, anybody who plays football wants to play in the NFL. And that just wasn't in the cards for me. So uh, moving on, you know, I kind of bounced around thinking, did I want to join Secret Service? Did I want to get into HPD? Did I want to um, uh, coach and, and really coach uh, June Jones, who was our head coach at the University of Hawaii and who is also a receivers coach of mine, uh, Ron Lee. You know, I went in one day, I was 22 years old and and I call it early life crisis. You know, when you get done playing football and you graduate, it's what's the next step in your life. And they told me, they said, hey, you know, you should look into coaching high school football. And I said, yeah, you know, Tony Tuioti, uh, who now is, uh, is the uh, defensive line coach in Nebraska, he got the head job at a small high school, Kala Hill High School out in Hawaii. And Tony wanted me to come on and be the offense coordinator and work with the quarterbacks and and do all that sort of stuff. And Kala Hale hadn't been uh, very good for a long time. And so we went in there and, uh, you know, I just, from the moment I got to spring practice, I just knew that that was my calling. I loved working with that, you know, teenage group, um, working with other guys that I played with that were coaching now, um, being able to shape and mold young men. Um, and, and instantly I said, gosh, I, I got to get a, a teaching job now. So I got a teaching job at Kala Hill High School. I taught special ed for one year. And uh, from there, we did a lot of good things. Uh, went back to my alma mater, St. Louis High School. I coached there as um, as an assistant coach for the first year at St. Louis. And then uh, we restarted the JV football program um, at St. Louis High School where in the private schools, I think they had shut down the JV programs for about five years. So uh, I begged and pleaded our athletic director at the time to just give me the opportunity. I think I was like 23 or 24 years old to be a head coach. 
and uh, put together staff. And, and I was lucky, you know, being at St. Louis, you have a lot of great athletes. One of the yeah, best players that are the best player. I mean, there's good athletes that come from St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some really good athletes. And, and one of which was Marcus Mariota. You know, I got a chance right. to coach him and, and really that was a person that really showed me how to have a long, lean, thin athletic quarterback and how that could completely change um, my thought process of the run and shoot and how having the quarterback that could naturally take off and, and score touchdowns from 60 yards away or throw it for, you know, touchdowns from 60 yards away, uh, having that dynamic, just athleticism back there completely transformed the way that I thought about, you know, quarterback play and, and also how to devise and, and put together a scheme and an offense. And so um, that was a great time. And then from there, I got a chance to go back to uh, college as a graduate assistant. And that's where Nick Rolovich was a quarterback's coach. Brian Smith was the offensive line coach. Um, Greg McMacken was the head coach and Ron Lee was the offense coordinator. And that was the first time I got a chance to see college football from the coaching perspective as a graduate assistant. Um, from that point on, it's been, you know, going to different colleges for a year, 10 months, whatever it was. I uh, went to Portland State for a little bit under Jerry Glanville. Um, after that, we got let go after I think it was like six or seven months I was there. Um, went to GA again at University of Memphis, and I was there for 10 months. Uh, from there, went to Rhodes College for a few months. Um, from there, went to Weber State. And that's when John L. Smith was the head coach. And, and we were with John L. for about two months. And then John L., you know, went to Arkansas. Right. And Jody Sears took over. So I was, we were there for two years at Weber State. Um, then after Weber State, went to Emory and Henry College, a D3 school in Virginia, um, as offense coordinator. And then from there, I uh, got hooked back up. Nick Rolovich got the head job at Hawaii. So I got a chance to go back to Hawaii and then now to Weber, or sorry, Washington State. And that was in a matter of, I think, 10 years. So all those different stops, uh, dragging my, my poor wife and my son along for the ride. Uh, but every one of those places that we got a chance to coach and live, um, we got exposed to different types of offenses, different types of culture, uh, where people are from, you know, their mindset, how to communicate with people, whether it was from, you know, Hawaii all the way to Virginia and everywhere in between, um, and develop really good lasting relationships. And, you know, in the end, I'm a, I'm a much better person, a much better father, much better coach because of those, you know, those adverse moments that you go through, you know, I mean, there's a lot of times we didn't choose to leave a lot of those schools. You know, we were letting go. So it was one of those things where you just kind of roll with the punches. And, and every stop that we were able to be at, it was a learning lesson. And how are we going to make our family better? How are we going to make ourselves better? How am I going to be better as a coach and as, as, a, as a man that's going to be helping out other young men growing up? Yeah. Uh, you know, I tell people that, that coaching college football is not for the faint of heart. I mean, right. Very few people get to stay in the same place for 10 years. And when you do, you, you thank the good Lord and, and you kind of go. It, it kind of leads me into mindset a little bit. What, what do you think your definition is of mental toughness or 
mentality to play and to coach football? Not, not, not necessarily the dictionary definition, but yours. It is, it's life is tough and you're going to get knocked around. You're not going to get dealt the, the, the hand that you want, but it's about taking the, the most out of every experience and learning and transforming yourself and reinventing yourself and just knowing that like tough times are going to come. And it's, it's that old adage, you know, tough times don't last, it's tough people. And just know that, that, you know, whatever you have faith in, you got to have faith in something and there's a plan, but just understand, you know, you attack every day, every moment with the, 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 the best mindset that you could, because you can control your mindset, being positive and just have fun with it. You know, life is, is too short to worry about all the what ifs that could happen. It's about attacking it with, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to live my life. And I want to be a positive influence on every person that I touch. And if you can do that, I think you're going to live a good life. There's a, um, a clip in, in Rocky five, right? And it's when Rocky's son comes to him, to the, to the, his restaurant and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, it's because of you. I can't do this because of you. I can't do this because of you. And Rocky just gives a, a little statement says, Hey, Life ain't all sunshines and rainbows. You're going to get knocked down. And when you get knocked down, it's about how hard you can get up and move forward. And to me, that two-minute clip is what life is about, and that's what I try to model my life after. I'm going to get knocked down every now and then, but I'm going to get up even twice as hard, and I'm going to move on. Yeah. I mean, I could make an argument that your life has been all sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> you played for Hawaii, you've coached at Hawaii, you've lived in Hawaii, but I get the point. I get the point, right? <laughs> right. Well, well, the thing is too, right? When you, when you get into coaching college, and I think a lot of people, you know, young coaches out there, they want to go ahead and get into the power five. And, and that was me. I wanted to coach, you know, in the beginning, I just wanted to coach at St. Louis High School. I wanted to be the head coach at St. Louis High School. But then your goals change a little bit. And then you say, you know, I want to go and coach in the Pac-12 one day. I want to go in and be a head coach of whatever university or college. You know, you don't really think about going to division. You know, you go to high school and you go uh, GA at Division One, and then you go to get your full-time job at 1AA. And, and people don't think about getting knocked back down to be a GA again. People don't think about having to take a D3 job. You know, not to say D3 jobs aren't, aren't awesome. Hey, I learned more about myself and my style of coaching and developing the offense at the D3 level and high school more so than I'd done at the higher levels. So, yeah. you know, it, but, but, you know, I mean, gosh, I lost more money, you know, chasing this dream than I've gained money. But the biggest thing is not about money. It's about relationships. It's about doing the right things. And that's what, that's what life is all about. So, um, you know, yeah. you do get knocked down to different levels every now and then, but it's a matter of just going forward and just, you know, roll with the punches. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I was thinking about some. Somebody said this the other day. Different, different isn't always bad, right? No. So you, you go like, there's guys out there that have coached at P5 conferences early in their career, and then they're, you know, at a Division three school. Different isn't always bad. Different is just different, and it's kind of what you do with it, right? It's like, right. okay, well, how, what's the plan from here? And it doesn't mean that you're going to be there forever, and it doesn't mean. But you have to have the right mindset because I've seen plenty of coaches too that if they're not coaching in P5, then they're like, well, then I don't really want to coach. Exactly. You know? And you kind of got to be in it for the right reasons or you got to understand what your why is to be able to do that, right? 
Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, if you're out there trying to, to groom and coach young men to be better fathers, husbands, people, you know, down the line, then it doesn't matter where you coach. As long as you get to coach football and you get to be around young, you know, young men and shape them. And if that's what your why is, then it doesn't matter where you're coaching. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. One of the funnest players that I've ever coached is, is Philip Rivers when he was playing at North Carolina State. And he was just so contagious, kind of what you're talking about, being positive all the time and just having fun with the athletes. But I, to be honest, I've gotten just as much of a buzz or just as much of a thrill on coaching some high school kids and seeing the light go off in their head about what it means to be kind of the CEO of the team, right? He's the quarterback. He's an outstanding student. He's a good person. He's all those things. And you see them and the lights go on and it's just as fun. I mean, Phil Rivers was going to be good whether I was there or not. Maybe <laughs> some of the high school kids, maybe I hope one day they'll come up to me and say, God, you know, when you taught me this or when we talked about this, that meant a lot to me. Right. And th those are really rewarding if you're in it for the right, for the right reasons. Right. It, it really is. I mean, so I was 24 years old, you know, 15 years ago, coaching high school kids. And I go back home to Hawaii and whether I'm at a supermarket or I go to the beach or whatever it is, I run into those guys and they're like, coach, man, those were some of the greatest moments of my life was just playing football at Kala Hale and, or, you know, being at St. Louis and just going through practices and all kinds of stuff. And, and it was so much fun. And, and some of those guys are not coaching football. There's a guy that was a quarterback, was a freshman All-American at um, Emory and Henry College, Kevin Saxton. You know, he, he wanted to be, I think, he, he wanted to be like a sports agent or like a sports marketing person. Now he's the offense coordinator at Emory and Henry College. And I see him when I go to the coaching conventions and he's got the biggest smile on his face. He does it for the right reasons. He's love coaching football. And, and those, are, those are more rewarding than anything else, really. Right, right. Right. Do you feel like um, your definition of mindset has changed over the years or mental toughness? I think so. Um, I think when I was a younger coach, it was just the biggest thing was just winning, 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 you know, um, ingrain, hey, we got to win this football game. And this are, these are the plays that's going to go ahead and, and give us that advantage to win this game. Um, over the years, I've seen that what it comes down to, and, and our head coach, Nick Rolovich, talks about this all the time. You're going to win with good football players. You're going to win with good people. And so investing more of my time into, you know, doing uh, barbecue with the players or just spending time in the locker room or in the weight room and just talking to them and just hanging out, whether it's about a movie that just came out or a video game that just came out, just having interaction, how their, how their family is doing at home, you know, those type of things that payoff and reward in terms of just that relationship is different. You know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's no longer about winning football games. It's about teaching young men. It's about grooming young men and really connecting with them. So in the end, when you're actually playing football, you have a better culture and guys are going to rally around one another and it goes on for longer than the, than just that season. You know, you could have a 10 and two season and all you do is preach winning football games. But when the guy's done playing football, he doesn't really know much else rather than going maybe like a nine and five season, whatever it is. And you connected with these guys and 10 years later, you see them and they're like, Hey coach, man, how you doing? How's Baylor? How's Bree? How's everything going? That's a different type of win. That's winning in life. 
you think that do you think that's a cultural thing let me before you answer that question let me tell you why because i my my the very best head coach i ever had in my entire life was a gentleman and he's from punahou high school by the name of keith uparessa and he he's still to this day like a father figure to me and every time i talk to him on the phone every time i reach out to him the very last question on the phone is hey how are your mom and dad doing you know and Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think it, it's certainly genuine and it's certainly authentic. Like he's not just asking me to ask. Right. And I get to tell him and he goes, we make sure you give him a big hug from me and tell your crazy dad to clean it up a little bit. You know? <laughs> and he always jokes with me, but I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to play so hard for him is because he cared about not just me, but everybody that was around me and all that. So I don't know when I, when I speak to Polynesian coaches, I, I like to, to dip into the culture a little bit just because there's some natural things that I think you guys do that other coaches don't do. And I look, we're in a, we're in a really difficult time with race relations and all that kind of stuff. But I have noticed that, I mean, you just mentioned like you were talking about names of kids or friends or whoever else, and he did these exact same thing. So talk to me a little bit about that. You know, I, I don't know how to put my finger on what it is, but I think that's something that you grew up with and you just noticed and acquired in your life. Yeah, I think I think it's one of those things where just being I'm I'm Hawaiian, so that's my Polynesian descent. I'm Hawaiian, so you know, back home in Hawaii, it's about you respect your elders. You know, your friends' parents is your auntie and your uncles. You know, you're you you, you grow up with cousins. Everybody's got a family, right? It's a big joke around a community, right? Tua Tonga Bailoa gets drafted, you know, number two or whatever he got drafted, and oh, that's my cousin. You know, it's it's a joke. Mariota is your cousin. Yeah, Mariota, right? He's your cousin. He's everybody's cousin in Hawaii. But but I think what it is, it's it's by our family, our parents um, teach respect. They teach, you know, respect your elders, respect your friends. It takes a village to to raise a young man or a young woman. And and so everywhere you go, you kiss your auntie or the woman there. You give a handshake and a hug to your uncle. And then to your friend, you always give a handshake and a hug. And, and so it's much bigger than just going out to go play or go to the beach. It's when you're at the beach, you're asking, oh, how's mom doing? You know, I talk to my best friends back home. They're always asking me, I mean, my mom and my dad's in Hawaii, but they're asking me how my mom and dad's doing. And I'm asking them the same thing. Um, so, so it's just weaved into the fabric of who we are. So I think when, when we go ahead and we're able to go to the mainland and coach or play sports or whatever it is, it's just that natural thing. You know, you go somewhere and I remember when, um, you know, I go to say uh, I'm coaching at Weber State. All right. So my son and my wife go over to one of our coaches house. Well, my son is introduced from my wife and saying, this is auntie so-and-so that's uncle so-and-so. And that in turn is ultimate. It, you just got respect right off the bat. It's family. It becomes family. So I think it's just one of those things where you grew up with. And, and so you treat everybody as family. And I think if you can do that, you treat people right, you're going to make good choices in whatever you're going to do in life. Uh, I, I agree. I, I love that about your culture. And I love it about the, the players and the coaches that I played for and with. It's just been such a good experience for me personally to, to understand that you're cared for and kind of adopted into the family. Like you said, like that's my cousin, you know, those, those right. are my so and and no matter where you go you're always going to go ahead and make food for them too right if you make <laughs> yeah. like my wife makes a ton of food little steak and terry chicken never hurt anybody <laughs> <laughs> 
and we're always bringing it to the office. We're always bringing it for people to eat. So, I mean, that's just the way life is. That's how life goes. That's great. That's great. So shifting gears a little bit to you, because I, I, I like to tap into the coaches and their, their own uh, mental toughness and their story a little bit. What, what's the biggest failure that you've had so far and how did you overcome it? How did it make you a better person? Um, I think the biggest failure I've had, um, gosh, there's been, there's been a lot. I think, you know, early on, I decided to, to stop playing football when I was in the CFL, things didn't work out. I had a chance to go play uh, arena football and I packed it in. I said, you know, if it's not the NFL, it's not for me. Um, and I cut probably about three to four years short of, of my, my playing career to play a sport that I love uh, just because it wasn't exactly where I wanted to be. Um, now as a coach and recruiting, because like you said, I'll rec recruiting is my one of my areas. And a lot of players, they're looking for the Pac-12 or they're looking for Division One scholarships. And if there's a Division Two or Division Three deal, they're like, ah, I don't know if I want to play football anymore. I don't want to play sports anymore. The biggest thing I will say this is if you, if you love the game of football and you want to play it, there's a place for everybody. You know, it doesn't mean – and even if you want to go walk on somewhere and prove yourself that that's where you should play, then by gosh – do it. If you financially can do that, keep on playing as long as you can, because what you learn in sports, it can't be matched by buying a book. I, I firmly believe that. I think books are great. I think, you know, all that stuff, learning those, but, but to do it in a life experience in football or in a sport, especially a team sport, when you're working with other people towards a common goal, that is priceless. Yeah, and I yeah. think if you could do that with something you're passionate about, then by gosh, go do that. Go play somewhere. Go have fun. Go, and go, go do something. There's a place for everybody. Yeah. And I wish I would have probably played a couple more years longer. Yeah. That's I, why I love coaching. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I tell people all the time, man, you got your whole life to work, man. You might as well play, you might as, well play <laughs> the sport as long as you can. I don't care, you know, if it's, it, you know, in the middle of Oklahoma somewhere playing arena football, it's, it's a great, it's a great sport. And, the camaraderie and the friendships and the learning experiences, like you said, you can't, you can't, uh, can't replace those. You, you did bring up books. Are you, are you reading books right now? Or is there a book out there that kind of changed you that, that, that you really enjoy? Right. There's, you know, it's funny. I'm, I, okay. I'm sorry. I'm not a big reader. Reader. I, I, I don't, that's, that's not my that's deal. Amazing, but man. I, I asked this question and there's no shame because you guys are working all the time. People don't understand how much you guys work. Right. But if there's a good read out there, I like to read a lot of uh, coaches books. I've read uh, Pete Carroll's book, Urban Meyer's book, uh, Nick Saban's book. I'm always looking for uh, different pieces to help myself become better, uh, whether it's a coach or a husband or father. Um, you know, I think it was Urban Meyer's book I read a long time ago. It's called Urban's Way. It really gave me a, um, a sense of understanding of, of how to kind of piece together um, like your team discipline and how things should flow into one another. I think uh, Pete Carroll's one was, was a huge one for me because it helped me develop more of a philosophy and put ideas that I've already had, but kind of connect them together and just how to lay it out. And so now as you're able to coach, you're able to kind of come back to what your, what your philosophy is. And, and if, you're, if you have something to draw back to, 
right? Then you can never get too far off that path. And so um, I know that we, we have a book that our, our athletic director, Pat Chun, had um, an author. Um, and, and so he had a book that we're able to pick up and, and I'm starting to read that now with going through the COVID you know, time away from our players. Um, I'm starting to read that and it's about just positive, being positive, how to stay positive through adverse moments. And I don't think you can ever have enough positive reinforcement around you because like we said, life is tough. So the more positive you have around you, whether it's people, whether it's books, whether it's just energy around you, I think positivity is a great thing to keep around you at all yeah, times. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I think it's contagious. I, I tell people all the time, you know, there's, there's Eeyores and there's Tiggers, right? <laughs> and both of them are equally contagious. And it's your choice. Do you want to be the guy that when you call a friend on the phone, he looks at the phone, he's like, oh, man, that phone weighs like 75 pounds. <laughs> he's an Eeyore and he's a person that like I just know this can be dramatic every time he calls me or when somebody else calls me and I can't even wait to pick it up because he's a Tigger and I can't wait to talk to him because he's just uh he's just full of energy and life and passion and excitement and it makes me feel better when I get done and then I typically go pass on that feeling later right because I'm just right. like oh, man, I'm juiced by that guy I need to go talk to my friends about how cool this guy was and then <laughs> find myself doing the same thing. Right. And, and it's true. There's just a, there's, there's something about that, you know, and speaking of COVID-19, you know, being contagious with positivity can, can have a lot of huge benefits to teams. Right. Absolutely. Great. Great. No, I'm, not, I'm not going to lie. I, I have my ER moments. Sure. We do. Sure. I, 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 just, I just had it the other day. I was on the golf course. We were playing golf. And I played probably the, the worst round of golf I had in, in years. And uh, believe me, I was Eeyore, and I probably brought the other guy's scores down. And so the next time, I'm going to snap off of it just for you, Riley. There you go. A little quicker. <laughs> a little quicker. Yeah. No, no mat time, like my dad used to say. Just got to get <laughs> off the mat. I have a question. Uh, if we were to go back to your buddies at St. Louis High School or at the University of Hawaii when you were playing there, and, and they, they were to fill in this blank, they would say Craig will be successful because he blank. What would they say? <laughs> you know, that's a tough one because, um, you know, I'll, I'll say something else and I'll fill it in and, and you know, I'll, I'll have all my boys hit me up after and be like, seriously? <laughs> seriously? Yeah, that's not it at all, Craig. <laughs> no, no, that's not at all. Um, I think – I think just having – perseverance, you know, um, would, was the biggest thing. I had perseverance and I had the support of my family and my parents, my in-laws and my wife. That's the reason why I am where I am right now. Um, they were always positive. I mean, it's tough to leave Hawaii when you have a newborn son and you just got married recently, uh, to give up a solid, you know, uh, coaching and teaching job at St. Louis high school to go into the unknown of college football. And so um, perseverance through the adversity and then also having a loving and supporting wife and, and parents and in-laws has, has always been great for me. Well, I don't think they would disagree with that. They're, they're probably like, no, the reason why Craig's successful, his wife, she's great. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, but that's, that's, I would say that's, that's the deal. That's, that's what's helped me get through uh, all these moves and all these, you know, different coaching changes and jobs. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, do you find yourself 
repeating or mirroring some of your favorite coaches and now that you're a coach like are there guys that you like you you use their phrases or you're like oh my gosh I'm acting just like coach so-and-so <laughs> uh yeah all of them um I think you know who one is out? sorry who's that yeah who stands out to you who sticks out um I would say you know probably like Ron Lee um who was my my college receivers coach um, he was always, you know, he's always had a joke here and there. He's always had a wise comment. And I think also a guy, Vinny Passis, who was a quarterback, who still is a quarterback coach at St. Louis High School, um, who's developed all those great quarterbacks because those two guys, especially, and Coach Cowley, who was my high school coach, um, they just knew how to keep things loose and light with some funny, I don't know, Vinnyisms or Ronisms or Calisms that – that if you go back to Hawaii, those guys, I mean, people from Waianae all the way to Hawaii Kai and every, everywhere in between that's played for those guys could, could imitate and, and have a wise crack that they used to say. But all the coaches back at, at St. Louis has, has had an imprint. And, and I try to keep it light for, for my guys here because football is a tough game. I think June Jones is another one, you know, because that guy was a cool collective cat in some of the biggest moments and nothing rattled him. And so being able to just kind of take those guys who are mentors for me um, has been great in my development as a coach and, and, and helping other young men. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. If you could give yourself advice, if you could go back and talk to Craig Stutzman 15 years ago, what, what would you say? What would be the advice? Trust the plan. Trust the plan. Trust your wife. Trust your family. Everything's going to be okay. Don't worry about a thing. That indicates to me that maybe you didn't. Was it? Was <laughs> there some moments where you're like, "What the freak am I doing?" Was there some panic moments? Uh, there's always been some panic moments, you know, especially when when you change jobs and and you know staff gets let's go or your staff uh, gets fired. It's it's tough, you know. There's you got to be you got to have a different mindset. You got to think about what's next. Uh, but I would the reason why I say that is because I love where I'm at right now. I wouldn't change where I'm at for nothing in the world. And so every moment, every decision that has been made from 15 years ago until now has been the right decision. And so I would tell you know, myself from 15 years ago, don't, don't change anything. You're gonna be fine in 15 years. And I believe I'm gonna be great in 15 more years to come. So I wouldn't change a, a thing. Yeah, yeah, I love that. that it kind of brings me to my last question, right? Um, obviously we've got COVID-19, we've, we've got a pandemic, we've had uh, kind of some racial injustice that's going on with George Floyd. We've got people that are losing businesses, people that are losing jobs. There's a lot of difficulty going on and a lot of it's centered around uncertainty and not knowing what's going to happen. What would you say is the lesson or the thought or maybe some words of encouragement that you would give to all these people that are struggling right now? Right. That, that's tough because everybody, you know, are in, they're in different places. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, those are sensitive subjects, but I think the best advice is something that my dad would give me if I was going through, as I'm going through the same type of things is that just, you know, if you're a good person and you treat people right, and you make good decisions that your family would be proud of you, you're gonna be okay. Yeah. 
Um, like I said earlier, you know, tough times don't last. It's tough people. And so, like I said, if you don't, you don't bend the integrity of who you are, you just treat people right. You live a good life and you treat people the way that they're supposed to be treated. The golden rule, treat others how you'd like to be treated. We're going to get through this all together. And so that would be my only advice, my only suggestion. Um, I know everything's very sensitive right now, but but that's words that I live by that was instilled by my dad. Yeah, I love that. I love that. that there's been so many good things. There's been people that have talked about gratitude. There's, you know, you know, you're talking about the golden rule, be good to other people. There's other people that have talked about just holding on to like any sort of silver lining that you can each day to keep yourself positive. And I just love the different answers that I get from coaches because they're, they're so valuable and none of us walks the same path. We, we all view this world in a little bit different lens, but it feels like there's some commonalities. There's some things that come up over and over and over again that are good for us to be able to get through these difficult times. So I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time with us. I want you to get back to your family. I know how busy you guys are normally. So you gotta, you gotta take advantage of all this time with your, with your little boy and your wife. Um, cause I know I, I joke all the time with, with, uh, division one coaches. I'm like, how many people come up to you and ask you what you do in the off season? Like, <laughs> <laughs> all Everybody. Dude, I know, dude. I'm like, what do you mean? What do they do in the off season? Do they even have one? You know, <laughs> part of the reason why I stopped coaching is cause I don't have the chops to do what you guys do, man. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, one thing after another, after another, after another, and then you get a little bit of time off in July, and then you're back at it in August, and it's game after game after game, then it's recruiting, then it's signing day, then it's spring ball, and it's just like, man, it comes at you fast, and so yeah. I appreciate your effort, and I appreciate all that you do for all these kids, because I know that comes at some sacrifice to your family sometimes. Yeah, I, when people ask me that, I, I kind of chuckle, you know, because it's hard, you say, you know, there's recruiting, but you can't, you can't really explain it. I tell you what, though, what, if that question comes across when my wife is around, oh, she gets hot. She's like, what do you mean? That's fair coming out protecting her family. Like, what are you talking about? This guy's never even home. So, But, but right about now, she's like, hey, when are you guys going to get back to work? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing everything up around the house right now. Yeah, she's like, man, he's got to get out of the way. I, I had a rhythm going. He's got to get back to the office. So. Right. <laughs> Hey, well, I appreciate your time. Um, we'll, we'll obviously be promoting this in a few days here, but uh, we appreciate your insight, all of your, uh, all of your hard work and, and the things that you do for these young men. And thanks for talking a little bit about mindset today. We appreciate it. Hey, anytime. Thanks, Riley. And go Cougs. There you go.